everybody. This is Jennifer Filzen. I am the owner of Rockstar Marketing and the author of the Give to Get Principle, now available on Amazon. And I connected with Pablo Gonzalez because he is the host of the Not Your Average Investor Show with JWB, and we are clients of JWB. And you should connect with Pablo because he is an amazing connector of humanity. He is an authentic fantastic guy who finds the golden gems and the pearls of wisdom from everybody he touches and he will make your life better i promise you so connect with him just as i did and watch the world become a better place ralph waldo emerson said in my walks every man i meet is my superior in some way and in that i can learn from him This means every single person you've ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person and therefore has something to teach you and you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every room full of people you walk into is both a library and your stage. And the better you get at getting to know people, the value they each inherently bring, and how to share it with others, the greater the impact you can make on the world. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I've created a system called the Relationship Flywheel, designed to create impact through relationships at scale. And this podcast is a living document of how to do it. So hit subscribe right now. If you want to learn how to get to know people, get them to know you, and build a world-class network. Some episodes will be interviews, some episodes will be regular calls with people building rapport, and some will be tactical advice to teach you how to build your own relationship flywheel and achieve anything you want. Now smash that subscribe button and let's get connected. Welcome to the Chief Executive Connector Podcast. I am Pablo Gonzalez, your Chief Executive Connector. And today with me is one of my new best friends, Jennifer Filzen, who is the owner of a marketing agency, a dance teacher, and the author of a new book called The Give to Get Principle. And she's just also the coolest. And I can't wait to introduce you. She is my new friend in the Monterey Peninsula, and I can't wait to go visit either. Jen, welcome to the Chief Executive Connector. Oh, wow. Pablo, you always make me feel like such a rock star. Thank you, sir. You are. (laughs) Okay, I technically am a rock star. But yeah, other than that, no, you make me really legitimately feel like one. (laughs) Then it's working. Then it's working. Because, you know, you try to make people feel the way that you see them. So that's good to know. Jen, you know, you've listened to the podcast before, you know, that my thesis on human connection is that the quickest way to build rapport with someone is to add value to their life or share a vulnerability. And I think this conversation is going to add a ton of value to our friend who's listening right now in their ear. So I'm going to ask you what I ask everybody to start the show. What are you, what are you struggling with? What is something you've struggled with in the past? Can you, can you share something with us? Well, because I've been listening to your podcasts, because you are such a rock star, I'm going to say that I am like the majority of your guests. I have imposter syndrome, <laughs> but, but mine's a little unique. I, well, I mean, everyone's is unique, right? But, but here's mine. I feel like I am so far behind, right? I'm 50 years old. 
but I feel like I am trying to keep up with all the 20, 30 and 40 somethings, you know, it's like, dang it. But then at the same time, I don't beat myself up because, you know, my unique life experience has brought me exactly right here, right now. And it's perfect. Right. So, so the journey is long. And I know that because my grandmothers are in their late nineties, I know with confidence that I have the genetics to make it to a hundred. So I've got another fabulous 50 years to accomplish all of my goals. And I'm really not that worried about it, but I'm still hustling because, you know, it's the time now is the time I'm in my prime. I've learned so much. And the more I learn, Pablo, the more I realize that I still have so much to learn. It is a never ending quest. So I don't know what I don't know. I continue to seek guidance, seek counsel, seek coaching. And maybe someday when I'm finally on my deathbed, I'll say, I finally figured it out. (laughs) That's really (laughs) very common. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So when you say, I look at you, you're somebody that has a, you know, has now published what your second, your third book. Yep. Okay. Is it third? Well, you know, it's really funny. My husband, Renee, whom you've met and know, we've all hung out. I love your wife, Marta. Renee reminded me that I've written two other books before the three officially published ones. And I'd forgotten about that because I do spend my life writing. I am a marketing person. I write content all the time. So I totally forgot that as a dare, I wrote a novel within 24 hours which was hilarious. And I also wrote my first digital book, compiling a bunch of newspaper articles that I had written for my little column. So yes, but the Give to Get Principle is indeed my third official book. And I'm proud to say that we we kissed the best-selling author status number one and number two in various categories on Amazon. And now today, the 28th of December, it is officially available in paperback version. So yay! Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for, for letting us know that. We're definitely going to talk about your book in a second. But, you know, I, I look at you and I think of someone, you know, you, you've now written three books officially, five books in total. You have a a thriving business that, you know, you, you are the baker and the maker of the piece of your pie. You're married to the love of your life. Renee, who's awesome. Who's your dance partner. And you guys are like these super happy people. You live in the Monterey Peninsula. You're building for retirement. You know, you have all these things going for you. And yet you're telling me that you struggle and trying to keep up with like 20 and 30 year olds. When you say that you're struggling with that piece, like what are you telling yourself that you're not doing enough of? Oh, I love you. Gosh, you really put that on a silver platter for me, didn't you? You know, I think it is the real bottom line is money. I don't feel like I have enough money because when I was 36, I went through a divorce and that divorce set me back financially quite a bit. I no longer had a house. I went through a lot of my savings in the earlier years of that divorce, trying to get on my feet. And I can tell you, it took me about 12 years before I felt like I was back to where I started before the divorce. And even though I love living in Monterey, I mean, wild horses could not drag me from this place. And we rent. 
and we do own, you know, two, almost three. We're in the process of closing on our third rental property. So I do have rental properties with JWB, as you know, because I know you through Jacksonville Wealth Builders, but I don't own my own home that I live in yet. Mm. And it is a quest and a desire and such a burning passion of mine that I will not rest until I get, and not just any house, I've had a, a vision of a house in my head since I was 10 years old. I can see it so clearly. I can tell you what books are on the shelf. I can visualize it. And until I get that damn house, Pablo, I don't feel like I've caught up with y'all. <laughs> it sounds silly, but it's my ultimate dream. And when I can get there, oh, it's going to be a big party in that house. <laughs> I, listen, I, I find it I find it really interesting, right? Because I like you are I'm investing in rental income properties, not yet own my own home. And the the idea of owning your home to me is it's so like hard grained into the American psyche to a certain extent. It and, is. And you know, that has its ups and downsides, but I think what you're saying is very human, right? Like when I struggle with it, or at least when Martha and I are having a conversation about it, it very much is like, we want a place to make our own, our right? Like it's, it's, I think it's yes. the same drive that makes you want to be an entrepreneur, like call your own shots, whatever, probably, probably leads that same way of like owning your space and being able to make it look exactly like you want and knowing that it's yours. I don't know what that, yes. what that feeling is, but it's very real. It, it is very real. And it's, it's a, it's a tangible, it's a tangible proof of I made it yeah. right. And, and you're right. And it's so funny. I love Robert Kiyosaki. I love reading rich dad, poor dad. And I know, I know in my heart that yes, logically, owning a home is a liability and you don't necessarily want that. You Like there are different ways, but there's a big part of me that just wants a nest to call her own. And I love this apartment that I've been living in for 13 years. It will be 14 years next year that I've been in this apartment and it's ocean view. There is nothing to complain with but it's not mine. I really would love to get new carpet. I would love to have the walls painted. I would love to own the upstairs unit. It's a duplex. I would love to own this place, but the way the real estate market is right now in Monterey and you know, real estate has its ups and downs, but right now it's going kind of gangbusters and I'd have to cough up a million bucks for this place. No, <laughs> it's just, it seems unattainable. And right now everything Right at this moment, it's not always going to be this way, but for a while, especially with my financial setback after my divorce, everything just seems so out of reach as far as getting my own home. Now, I could move somewhere other than Monterey, California. Let's face it. Monterey, California is one of the most expensive places in the nation, yeah. but it's so beautiful here. I love it here. Love it with a capital L-O-V-E. I love it here. And if I can own a home here, Pablo, I am in my heart. I'm the richest person in the world. Not necessarily when you compare me to others, but in my heart and in my happiness, <sighs> I will have arrived. Does that make sense? I think so. I, I think it does. I know you well, Jen, right? So I know that while you're talking about 
feeling inadequate with money, you're not really inadequate with money, right? Like you, you have taken the conscious decision of renting in a super, super expensive place, investing in real estate in a different geography. Like you could move and run your business somewhere else and do it. You are wealthy in lifestyle, right? Like you have, you have one of the most aesthetically beautiful places to live in North America. And that is also the most expensive, you know, like, and, and it's very expensive, but you know, you are, you are thriving and doing well. And, and you yes. and Renee have an, um, an amazing marriage and you work together we and do. You your own shots and you travel and you teach people how to dance in Hawaii. Right. So like, I, I, I do like, again, the whole vulnerability piece of what you're struggling with to me just really humanizes who you are, right? Like it, it helps our friend that's listening right now think, oh man, you know, even at a point where I am 50 and I run my own successful business, and I'm, I, I now know that you're a leader in your industry, right? Like I've seen how you are seen within your industry and, and, and the different ways that we've interacted that you can still have that piece. We'll tell someone who's 25 and doesn't have that piece figured out that, you know, it's okay, right? Like at the end of the day, like there's there's many paths to happiness, right? Oh, so true. So true. And it's, and and this one thing that I really, really want does not negate the fact that, yes, I married the most amazing man for me. He's my perfect fit. Renee is last night we were going to sleep. He was already asleep. I was having a hard time falling asleep and I just kept looking at him and I thought to myself, I am so lucky. I am so fortunate to be married to this amazing, handsome, kind, talented, good-looking, patient, funny man. And I'm just, I was admiring my husband as he was sleeping. I mean, I, and I live a happy, healthy life. I have wonderful friends. It's not to negate that I'm not suffering. It's just that one little thing. We all have that one little thing, right? And that's the thing that fuels us, isn't it? Because let's face it, like there's, and guess what? When I get my house, there's going to be something else. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always good to have that thing. You're like, oh, and then, and then you get it. You're like, cool. What's next? <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, cool. So let's, so, so that fuels you in a kind of material comfort way, but what fuels you in general, right? Like I know that you're a big believer in finding out people's why and what their kind of mission is in life. I'd love to turn the tables on you. What, what is your overall why and what are you trying to accomplish? Oh, I know that one. So my divinely inspired why is I know and somehow, and I, and I have my various ways that I'm doing it, but I know that my mission in life is to bring a ripple effect of joy to millions of people. And I'm doing it through the marketing that we have through Rockstar Marketing, my agency, because when we tell the story of our clients whom we serve and we connect that story emotionally with the heart of their intended audience, their ideal tribe, then they can do what they do best to serve the world. And then when, like most of my clients, most of them are auto repair shops. So when they fix somebody's car, they are pushing forth that ripple effect because the person whose car they fix can now go out in the world and do what they do and make the world a better place and so on and so on and so on. And those waves, that ripple effect of joy that we create comes back to us in waves of abundance. And so I know that it's through my books, through 
sharing inspirational stories, through speaking, through teaching, through doing doing the communication that I do, I just know, and teaching dance and putting up silly dance videos of me and Renee dancing in our garage on Facebook. I mean, it's the little things, but I know that joy is what I'm meant to do. And it still isn't clear how it's going to be, but just as I can see that house that I've built in my head since age 10, I have another vision. And I know that you and I have spoken about it. We have our visions, right? I know that I am up on a stage somewhere talking to tens of thousands of people. And I don't know where it's going to be and I don't know when it's going to be, but I know that there's that vision that I, it's undeniable. I can see it like it's real. So it's definitely not COVID because we don't have masks on, but it's a big stage. (laughs) At what point, at what point did that crystallize for you? Right. Like, like either, either that, when's the first time you saw that perception of yourself as a stage or when did you realize that this ripple effect of joy was, was what you were born here to do? Have you always been this pot? You know, like talk to me about how you got to that conclusion. I've had various visions throughout my life. When I was launching my music career, I was on the beach in 2008 and I remembered having a very distinct vision and actually hearing voices say, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up about my music. And I was like, I was kind of looking around like, where's, where are these voices coming from? And then I realized it was truly divinely inspired. And so I realized back in 2008 that I, sometimes I just get very distinct, clear messages. And as far as the vision of me being on stage, talking to tens of thousands of people, I think that started crystallizing and clarifying back in 2018 is when I first started seeing that. So yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. I I mean, I I don't know what my talents are and I don't know why I'm getting these messages, but I am getting these messages and I'm just kind of surrendering to the fact that maybe the me in the future is trying to talk with me in the present and just say, keep going, Jen, keep going. Here's a carrot for you. Keep going. I just know that I have a calling and I'm meant to serve. And by serving, I know that I will make other people's lives better somehow. So how did you go from launching a music career in 2008 to, you know, being the head of Rockstar Marketing and a a well-known entity in the auto marketing industry and the content marketing industry? It is such a weird journey. Okay, so so this is one of the reasons why I know that I'm supposed to be where I'm supposed to be because back when I was in my 20s, I didn't know what the heck I was going to be. I thought I was going to be a teacher and and then I taught 7th grade and then I realized that I don't like children that much. <laughs> so <laughs> so I went to sales and marketing instead, which I always was like inclined to do. But back in 2008, remember it was the beginning of the great recession right? So 2007, I launched my first album. And in 2007, 2008, 2009, I was marketing director for a construction company. Construction was one of those industries that was heavily hit negatively in the Great Recession. I was marketing director and I was marketing my music at the same time. And because I was marketing director, I was experimenting with promoting the construction and restoration company and my music on these brand new platforms called MySpace and Facebook and Twitter that had just been released to the masses. And I started 
becoming what you can now say is one of the pioneers of social media marketing. I was one of those early adopters of social media marketing, promoting the business, but then also promoting my music. And, and somehow with my first album, I qualified for 10 Grammy nominations. And it was like, what did I get struck by lightning? Like what happened? And really what it was, it was just a persistent promotion of my music on the various smaller social media platforms. They had not blown up. So it was just very easy to accumulate a bunch of people that were of, of varying contacts. And Craigslist also was another place to network. And it wasn't weird. It was still like, it was still a place to. Listen, I I remember, right? Like I, I got moved out to California in 2004 without knowing anybody. And I made a bunch of friends on Craigslist and MySpace, right? Like that sounds really yes. crazy to say now, but that was my only yes. outlet for social interaction. And that was way before I knew anything about marketing, right? But so like, I, I know where you're at in the, in the chronology of like 2008, Facebook is just starting to like surface. MySpace is kind of this monster. It's kind of moving towards music and, and Twitter is now out there and like congressional totally. kind of like moments are happening with with politicians tweet live tweeting stuff at like a congressional hearing and stuff like that right yes 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 so there's like all kinds of stuff yes exactly so this is like the beginnings of things and uh, so so anyway 2009 comes around the recession is really hitting hard the construction company is starting to go under and i say hey boss i got an idea i'll jump ship I'm going to start my own little marketing agency because I can see that a lot of businesses are laying off their marketing departments, but they still need marketing. I know they're going to out, outsource it. And the social media thing is really a big deal. I'm going to jump on this ship. So he saved his company. I started Rockstar Marketing in October of 2009. And my original goal was to teach people how to do social media marketing. And I learned quickly that they didn't want to learn this, especially if they were baby boomers. They were like, no, 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 no. I don't believe this thing is real. It's just a fad. I believe in the yellow pages and the newspaper and magazines and word of mouth. That's how I'm going to continue having my business. <laughs> right now we know the, now we know the punchline. Those things, yeah, no, but but yes, it was nice to be a pioneer. And then one thing led to another. I started. I start my very first auto repair shop client. I still have to this day, eleven years later, Robert's Collision and Repair in Monterey, California. He's a he's a body shop now. He's known as Car Star Robert's Collision. But I started writing blogs for him, and then the the website agency that he was he was working with, saw my blogs and they're like, Hey, you're pretty funny. Do you write for other businesses too? I'm like, yes, because I needed clients. Right. So that was a group called Zenergy Works. And they had me write content for a bunch of different businesses that they worked with auto repair, wineries, attorneys, all kinds of, all kinds of industries, med spas. And then one thing led to another. And then over time I became like the it girl for writing content. And I say the it girl, I do have a team. It's not just me, but I I became the main, the main face of the business and the salesperson for the business and networking. So yeah, now we are the top content marketing agency for the auto repair industry. And in 2021, we're going to start deep diving into other vertical markets, such as construction, the trades, 
because I also come from the trades. My family was in the electrical contracting business, and I and I know that 2021 is a very good year for construction because a lot of people are remodeling their homes and such. And I know that they're at feast right now, but when they market, they're not going to go into famine so harshly. And I also am targeting the legal industry because my employee is graduating with her law degree in the spring of 2021. And I want to give her a division that she can call her own. So Things are really good. and But yeah, it was not an overnight thing. It, it's been an 11-year project that will continue to grow for hopefully another 20, 30 years. You mentioned kind of like networking your way through that world. Can you kind of tell me how that evolved, how your vision of what, what you were doing in networking in the construction industry to then being a business owner and how you started being known, right? Like it was, it sounds like you did really well for one client. They, an agency saw you maybe introduce you to a couple, but like, how did, how did you start to build connections that you've now, you know, have? Yeah. First off, I'm huge on integrity and authenticity. And I, I come with a servant's heart. Mm -hmm. So I essentially, I live what I wrote about in my book. I give first and then eventually I get I don't go in expecting to get. I come to the table with, hey, I love marketing. How can I share my marketing wisdom with you and make your life better and make you more successful? And I do that with everything. I can't help it. Marketing is in my DNA. I, When I love something, I promote the crap out of it. I can't help myself. And I know you're of the, you're cut from the same cloth, yeah, yeah, buddy, totally, totally. <laughs> right? So when you see someone doing something really cool, it's like, oh my gosh, everybody, you must meet my friend that does this because this is so amazing. Work with this person. And oh, and have you met this other friend? I love, I, you and I, that's why we like each other so much. We love celebrating the people in our lives that bring some amazing stuff to the party and everybody in your tribe needs to meet everybody in my tribe because I got some cool people here. I know you got some cool people. So let's let's matchmake these people. And speaking of matchmaking, as a side strangeness to all this like loving to connect people, I have matchmade 11 couples. I have 11 couples under my belt really? because I'm like, ooh, you and you, you two need to connect because you have this in common. And next thing I know, I'm getting a wedding invitation. I'm not joking. 11. <laughs> like, That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that, yeah, man, that it's funny, man. I'm, so I'm really, I'm right now really into Jim Collins, you, the, the author of Good to Great. He just put out this like seminal work, like he's wrapping up his chapter on like studying what makes great companies great. And he's put, you know, he put out this beyond entrepreneurship 2.0. That's like the summary of everything. He's the guy that came up with that, like flywheel and the hedgehog concept that, that JWB talks a lot about. And he talks about the hedgehog concept being of, you know, what you are, something that you're great at, that you were hardwired to do, that you can also make a viable living off of, right? So like those those three kind of components. And it's funny that I, I'm just starting to identify as a marketer, right? Like I, I don't come from the marketing world per se, and now I clearly am a marketer, but everything you're saying is like, yeah, this is, this is the constitution of what should make a great marketer, right? Like you are somebody that loves people, loves introducing people to each other. You're 
really, really good at it and you're hardwired for it. And on top of that, you figured out how to make a a good living around there, right? And now you're writing books on exactly all this stuff. So the give to get principle is something that I, I mean, I had a seminal moment of like understanding that the first thing you need to do is give, right? Like this is you need to lead with value. You can't show up asking for stuff. Did you exactly. have a moment like that? Was that something you just learned growing up? Like how how did you how did you get to that principle as a guiding principle for your life? You know, it's it's funny. It's like you see it around you and you're influenced by it, but you don't necessarily put a name to it. Mm-hmm. And then I started putting a name to it when I started working with my marketing clients. So the book actually is actually their stories. And then uh, I knew that I needed the COVID pandemic to actually uh, germinate and manifest this thing to finally be published because it's been on my heart for several years. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I think I think uh, the way I do an SEO interview with our clients is what really brought it to the forefront. So let me let me do a brief explanation. When we sit down with a marketing client and we are writing the content of their website. We are blending the storytelling and the keywords for SEO into one. It's a both of an art and a science. The way most marketing agencies do it is they send you a one sheet and say, Pablo, I'm going to write your website. Could you please fill out this one sheet? Could you please tell me who you are and all that stuff? And you send that to us and we're going to write your content off of that. That's good but I take it to the next level. I interview my clients for a minimum of two hours, sometimes three, but usually two hours gets the job done. And I ask them really basic open-ended questions. What makes you special and unique? Who is your target demographic? What is your why? And because it's for SEO, which cities and neighborhoods and districts are you targeting? Like what are your geolocations? Those four questions, really help people share who they are. And they're so open-ended that they can go off in different directions. And Pablo, most of the time, everyone kind of tells me about the same thing. I'm honest. I have integrity. I do things right the first time. You know, they, they share about the same stuff in the first 45 minutes. That's just usually how it works. But after that 45-minute mark, they start relaxing because they know that we're like huge fans of theirs by then. And then they start really like showing glimmers as to what their why is, what their purpose is. And they, they're more vulnerable. And they're like, you know what? I know that serving my church is my thing. Or I know that my why is, is spending time with my grandchildren. Or I know that my why is to start a nonprofit that brings water to poor communities or, you know, there's like, everyone's got their thing. And I've been blessed over all of these years to take their stories and tell them. And and they've really like sat with me. It's like, wow, that's an amazing, that's an amazing give. And so it's just really kind of accumulated. And also too, what's kind of a side benefit is I get business coaching every single time I do an interview with a client because I get a window into their soul and they're showing me their best practices and best procedures. And then I can learn from that going, wow, I want to do that for my team. I want to, 
I want to take it to the next level for my clients like they do. So just as they say that those who teach can't, I would like to challenge at saying those that teach learn. Mm -hmm. People who mentor learn from their students. And it's this beautiful reciprocity that we all grow and lift each other up as we interact and share our stories. That's beautiful. So, so as you're, as you're going through and hearing all these different stories from your clients, it starts to dawn on you that, you know, your, your ability to give them extra time is the reason why you're able to understand them better. Their ability to tell you what they're doing is enriching your life, not just paying your bills. And you start to develop this kind of methodology. When do you start when you start naming it, like did, did you, st- first of all, tell me about the structure of the book. Is it, it's, it's stories. And then are, are there lessons in each story? Do you have like chapters that are different kind of like different types of ways to give and get, you want to tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, actually I do tell their stories, but then also too, it's kind of like a workbook. Mm-hmm. Not only do I tell their stories, but I'm like, well, now that you've seen these stories, what do you think? how could you apply this to your own business? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a a business owner that reads this book and gets a lot from it. It can be anybody that works with the client. So I would strongly recommend that, yes, business owners read my book, The Give to Get Principle, but then also to get a copy for every every single person on your team, especially, especially if they work with clients. Because The goal really is to create raving fans. Your ideal customers are what you want to attract, but you want to keep them by having them fall in love with you. And I'll tell you what, my my team always teases me because after every single SEO interview, at the end of every single call, I'm like, I love them. I just fall in love with people. I know you are of the same cloth, man. We love, I mean, we love people. And it's not in a sexual way. It's a very brotherly, sisterly way. When I get to see somebody's humanity, I'm like, oh, I absolutely love this person. and I want to do everything I can to make them as successful as I can. Yeah. Right. Because it's just, I don't know. It's like all ships rise with the tides. Right. And so, so the, I, I don't, I don't really know how to answer you as to when it became so like, I don't have a particular defining moment. Mm-hmm. But I just know that this is the way I want to live for the rest of my life. Got it. Yeah. So it's pattern recognition and the book is like a living document of all these patterns that you've seen and the way that you fall in love with them. That's awesome. So, all right, cool. All right. All right. So I understand that well. So let's talk about how did, how did we meet? How did we meet? Oh my gosh. You know what? You tell it so much better than I do, but it's through... Greg Cohen and Not Your Average Investor Show and Jacksonville Wealth Builders. We have been, my husband and I, Renee, and I have been working with Jacksonville Wealth Builders since 2012. We're huge fans of them. They are the most amazing property management, real estate investment, shows you how to make a retirement off of, they just, they just are amazing. They educate you. They, they do the work for you. They deliver beautifully. And so anyway, you started running the not your average investor show, which we participated in. Mm -hmm. 
and it's such a fun show. Oh my gosh. And then your personality is just, I, I was just like, you're, you're magnetic, dude. You are so magnetic and you're so genuine and you're so approachable. I was like, I have to know this guy. And I, as you know, I'm from Jacksonville originally, born in Jacksonville, grew up in Orange Park. And so we were just there for Thanksgiving and I was like, I have to see you in person. I have to see you. And yeah, it's just, that's how we met. And, and I, I don't know, I'm just part of your fan club now. <laughs> Can't get rid of me. Right, right back at you. Right back at you. Right. So like, I, I asked this question cause I, you know, like you, you've heard the show, right? Like I try to deconstruct number one, I like to show the idea that you can meet people in all sorts of different ways. Right. Like I think the idea that you are my client's client and now we are genuinely very, very good friends. People shouldn't yes. have those limitations around it. But I always wonder what it is that makes someone as extraordinary as you want to take the extra step of just like, that wasn't just a call. Let's set up a relationship. You know, like let's, let's move forward in a relationship. And, and to me, it was, it was early on in, as the show's grown and as the process has grown as a, as, as a deliverable, we added in these like pre-interview kind of 15 minute meetings I had with people. And I'd had up until you, I'd had definitely a, a bunch of those meetings that are set up for 15 minutes, but you and I stayed on and talked for like an hour and 20 minutes. And and then I you know, right? podcast. And then you invite, you know, like, and then we had this unbelievable conversation on your podcast that I still gives me goosebumps when I think about it. And, oh yeah. And, and I just wonder what that is. Like what is the you you mentioned you, you mentioned genuine and magnetic. How you know is there is there any way that you can describe why that is like how that happens like is there you know is is there is there something that that somebody you know whoever's listening to us right now can can take away of how how does someone show up authentically when they are in a work relationship, right? Like, I feel like you do that too, right? Like you show up for your clients, you fall in love with them genuinely. What, what is it? How does one, how, how did you figure out that showing up as your authentic self in work for your clients is, is the right way to, to attract the right client, I guess. Okay. So I'll give you the punchline and then I'll tell you the story behind the punchline. Perfect. You should always feel free to fly your freak flag. Now here's the story behind that. Growing up, I never really felt like I fit in with any one group. I always felt like a floater. Like I could, I could, hang out with this group, but I wasn't really part of that group. And I could hang out with this group and I could, I could float around and I could kind of be a chameleon, but it wasn't until college. Hell, it really wasn't even until I got out to California when my twenties in my early twenties that I could be my authentic, genuine self. And, and it took a while because, and I, I hope this, resonates with the younger people who always see what's going on with social media and they see everyone's perfection. You're always looking at everyone's best cuts and best A-reel stuff. There's a lot of B-reel and C-reel and editing floor crap that you don't see. There's a lot of struggle behind the glory. And I think that <laughs> my, my first husband 
he told me there are two kinds of people in this world. There's Jen's friends and those that Jen has yet to meet. (laughs) (laughs) And I also know this about myself. I am a bit extra. I'm a bit over the top for some people. So if you're quiet and shy, you may not care for me. And I, I recognize that either you love me or you don't. And that's okay. I'm not for everybody. But I have crafted a career that I actually make a living off of being a social butterfly. And that's kind of cool. That didn't accept, that did not exist 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm making a career out of something that was not. And so there was something that happened. Here's some vulnerability for you. Here's something that happened that ha- a couple, a couple of years ago that kind of was one of those things where I have to, I have to feel free to fly my freak flag. And here's the story. So in 2018, I am invited to teach marketing at the premier training event for the auto repair industry, Vision. It's my very first time ever teaching marketing to this industry. It's when, it's when people finally saw me coming from behind the scenes to the forefront. And because I teach dance, I acted very much like I do in my dance classes. So it was my first time teaching marketing at this event. But keep in mind, I have my degree in education and I've been teaching a long time. I've just never done it in this particular venue with this particular audience. And if you think of auto repair, what do you think of? You know, uniforms, people who fix it. Someone like me is a little out there. Like I am not the normal set, you know, that you expect in auto repair. And I greeted everybody at the front of the room. So like they have the doorway coming into the classroom and there's like, you know, a classroom available with like 60 different seats in there. I'm greeting everybody just as I do at a dance class. I'm shaking everyone's hands or I'm hugging them. Thank you so much for being in my class. I'm Jen. I'm excited to be your teacher today. And I got everybody's names before I started that class. I wanted to connect with everybody on a true I see you one-to-one level. I made them laugh. I made them talk. I even made them cry. I even cried. And I was voted as the best teacher in the entire event. And it was my very first time. I was asked to teach the second year. Great. But the difference was, is that this one particular group who will, shall remain unnamed is a very, very large organization. And when they heard about me, they said, oh, we heard about you. We want you to be one of our teachers and we want you to teach at this event and this event and this event. And then I was called back to teach again at Vision the following year. Great, fantastic, great credibility, great exposure, fantastic. So I'm teaching the second year in a row, same class, same methodology. I'm greeting people at the door. I'm hugging them. I'm thanking them for being in my class. We laugh, we cry, we do the whole thing. The next day, I receive a phone call from the organization that I'm now under. You know, we heard that you hug people and that makes people uncomfortable. And that is not in alignment with our brand. And we need you to stop doing what you're doing because that's not good for us. And I was like, what? Like, that's the secret sauce that makes me me. And I thought about it 
long and hard. And I, a few days later, I sent them a letter, an email, and I said, thank you so very much for the opportunity to work with you, but it doesn't look like it's a true fit. What I teach in my classes is authenticity and to fly your freak flag. And I recognize that my actions are not in alignment with your brand, but I need to stay true to who I am because if I were to tell people to cover up who they are, I am not being genuine in what I am teaching. So thank you very much for the opportunity. So that was kind of interesting. I had to choose, am I going to live by my guiding principle of what I teach, of being truly authentic? And keep in mind, my hugging, my, my, my enthusiasm, everything that I did the first time was what made me the raving success that I was. Yeah. So how can I tamp that down? I have good news. I was chosen for 2021 to be at Vision again. So my authenticity has proven to be the winning thing. And I am invited back and I'm going to be teaching again. So yay. But that is a lesson that is kind of hard. And it's painful sometimes because it's like, why doesn't anyone like me? I'm not trying to steal anyone's husband by hugging them. I'm just like their sister in support. Like, I'm not doing anything wrong, but I recognize that, you know, that does make some people uncomfortable. But guess what? My whole thing with marketing is to take them out of their comfort zone and take them to the next level. So long story, but that's kind of it. I love it. I love it. Listen, I, I think it's that's a scary moment, right? Like that that moment where you draw the line in the sand and say, I'm going to choose me is, is terrifying. And I'm glad it worked out. It is terrifying. But you know, it's like I've, the, the beauty of being a 50 year old woman is, yeah, I, I know that when I stay true to me, and I'm 100% within integrity. You know, I've learned something also over the years of teaching and, and all the coaching that I've done and personal development. The times that I have been out of integrity with myself socially are the times that I have really screwed up. When I have said yes, but I really didn't want to say yes. Mm. When I have not really been 100% comfortable doing what I want to do. That's always when something just goes squirrely. And so I've learned when I stay true to me, I stay out of trouble. It's a great lesson. All right, cool. I think that that's means it's time for the lightning round. You ready? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. All right. Jen, what is your favorite restaurant? Where is it and what do you order there? Oh my gosh. Okay. My favorite restaurant, I haven't been able to get to in a long time because we're here in California. We're in shutdown and shelter in place. And, and I, but I love them and they love us. Walia Ethiopian cuisine in San Jose, California. I love Yabega Licha, which is lamb with a garlic and butter sauce mm. and onion sauce but they don't really serve it. <laughs> so I get the second best thing, which is um, Tibbs Wat, which is beef that's spicy. And it has that elite, well, 
Yeah. So it's a spicy version, but then they'll sometimes do the alicia sauce for it. So anyway, yeah, they, they manipulate it for me because <laughs> they they're very sweet. But it's owned by this wonderful family. And uh, the boys, uh, FT and Ephraim, they're twins. And I just love these guys. And just whenever Renee and I are heading to the San Jose airport or we have anything going on in San Jose, we do our best to make a little di- diversion. And if you haven't had Ethiopian food, it's kind of like sloppy Joe's with yeah. like flatbread. It's so good. It's so good. I had, I've had Ethiopian food. Number one, I was totally making a mental note. I'm like, next time I fly into San Jose airport, I'm definitely going to that restaurant, <laughs> right? Which is the whole point of this, this piece of the lightning round. It's that whole like travel guide kind of thing. I had Ethiopian food. I had in my, in my, the company that I worked at prior, the e-commerce software, one of our biggest clients is an Ethiopian guy that I've become really good friends with, this guy, Mechbeb. And I had a, he lives in Dallas. I had a conference in Dallas early last year. He invited me over and his wife served us up like authentic Ethiopian, right? Like eat with your hands. You take those flatbreads and dip it in the, mm. you know, dip it in the, in the soppy food. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah. That's such good food. In fact, I'll tell you what, next time we're in Jacksonville, when mm-hmm. we, when we come out and see you guys in April, mm-hmm. let's go find an Ethiopian restaurant. Wouldn't that be fun? Okay. I'm in hundred percent. Let's go. Okay. okay. What content are you most into right now? Right? Like this could be either somebody's content, like a, a person that you're following closely right now. It could be a specific podcast that you're super into. It could be a book that you're really, really into. It could be a Netflix and chill du jour, but what are you, what are you consuming right now? That's affecting your worldview. Oh gosh. I'm following so many people right now, but let's just say Renee and I are always on YouTube trying to find out what, what the newest, latest, best vignettes of interviewing really amazing thought leaders. So Tom Bilyeu, we're following Patrick Bet David, um, Gary V. You and I are huge fans of Gary Vaynerchuk. Love anything he puts out. And then I recently found Bali Texture, which is Bali as in Indonesia and architecture, Bali texture, because this guy came up with this, he was promoting, it's it's something like the title is something like what you could buy for $199,000 in Bali. And I looked at it and it's like elements of the architecture, what I envision in my, in my dream house. So I have to share this with Marta because Marta is going to be my architect. And I got to talk to your beautiful wife about my dream house. But yeah, there were so many elements to this house that's in my head that was in this YouTube video. I'm like, oh, Renee, look. <laughs> so Bali I don't know, maybe Bali texture. So texture. Yeah, I know. It's like texture, but no texture yeah, yeah, yeah. as in, like yeah. And then business books. So like, gosh, I'm just reading so many business books, so many books on, on how to improve my business. So Susie Carter, she's one of my coaches, Lisa Nichols. Tony Robbins, Mike Michalowicz, so let, much stuff. Let me ask I, something on the, on the content stream. You mentioned, so I'm familiar with Bill Yu. I'm familiar with Gary Vee. I like both of those guys a lot. I don't know Patrick Bet David very much. Like I've seen him. He seems, I guess where I'm going with it is all three are, and I like, I like how Tom Bill Yu is a really authentic dude. Right? Like I feel like I like how Tom Billy says, oh, word, and stuff like that, right? Like, I, like, like I'm like i a goofy white guy saying hip-hop turns too, right? What, 
what draws you, is there any kind of common stream between those three? Is there, is there, is there anything that draws you in? And yeah, I guess, I guess that's kind of the question. Is it? So Patrick, but David, he has, I would say he's got two distinct sides to him. One side I'm like, mm, and then the other side I'm loving. So I really like his valuetainment channel and I really like his inspirational and entrepreneurial vignettes. I really like that stuff. As of late, he has come out with his, his podcast where he's talking about politics and he's got a very conservative person on there and he's got a very liberal person on there and it's, it's trying to be balanced, but I see a little bit more bullish behaviors in that. And I'm not as big a fan, but yet he interviews some amazing thought leaders. And so, so anyway, I, I'm, he's, he's all over the place because really what he's doing is he's, he's developing his own network, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of channels that you can see or, you know, different programming that you can see on a network. So I can see that he's diversifying, but I just really think that he is in alignment with what Gary V is teaching as far as content and, and what, and the interviews like Tom Bilyeu is doing. So, so just good stuff all around. And I always feel like I am a student sitting at the table, ready to learn whenever I watch those three content producers. Okay. All right. Good to know. What is something that you were sure about in your 20s that you no longer believe? <laughs> oh my God, there's so many things. <laughs> I have to just pick one? Yeah. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <sighs> the programming that we little girls get in Gen X. Yes. Of find the perfect mate who's going to take care of you, settle down, get yourself a house, have family, follow the American dream. It's all bullshit. <laughs> it's all bullshit. I love the institution of marriage. Don't get me wrong. My parents were married for almost 52 years before daddy passed away. They were, you know, they were a great couple. But you know what? There's always been a rebel in me telling you know, I've heard it my entire life, Jenny, you can't do that. You're a girl. And the older I get, the more I'm realizing, yeah, no, no, I can do a lot of things. It doesn't matter that I'm female. It doesn't matter that I have breasts and hips and, you know, <laughs> belly fat. And you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. I can still have a business mind and I stand on the shoulders of the women who came before me to get me to this level. I, I am so, so grateful that I am a Gen Xer that was able to get a master's degree, that I did not have to have kids. And, and I want to continue to uplift and support others. It doesn't matter if it's female or male, I want to, or, or, or trans, or I want to lift everyone up that comes across me and say, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Don't always believe everything you think, because sometimes what we think is just programming. You know, that when I'm, I, don't, I don't have a television. I haven't had a television since 1992. Mm. I still get my news through the internet. And believe me, I know what's going on in the world, but I don't necessarily get it through the TV because I learned that it's all programming and they don't call it programming for nothing. Right? So yeah. that's why I'm always studying 
always looking to find new facts, new data, new things, because I am tireless in my search for knowledge. And I have discovered that in the search for knowledge, there is the cookie cutter way of doing things. And then there's answering your own authentic calling. And it, and sometimes they merge, but you don't have to fit into a box. With my music, they were like, what's your genre? I'm like, well, I like pop. I like jazz. I like hip hop. I like storytelling. So, but they're like, no, you need to pick a box. Pablo, I've never fit into a damn box. I've never fit into a damn box. Even if you look at like the pink pile and the blue pile, pink representing all that is femininity and blue that is representing all that is masculine. You know what? I am, uh, I'm in the purple pile. I, I like to select from both. Why do I have to fit into one box? Why can't I fit into many? I am a multi-faceted uh, individual. So I should have multiple boxes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So if I if I can share a message with anybody is you don't have to fit in. Fly that freak flag, be yourself, and you will attract your ideal tribe. You will attract your ideal audience because we are not alone. And the internet has shown us that we are not alone. We're not freaks. There are other people that fall in the same category. And it's like, yay, now we have brethren. Right. Yeah, totally, man. Like you, you answered the last two questions all in one, which is perfect, but you also, Sorry. no, no, no. You also <laughs> really just kind of showcased, I think what, what the core of why you and I get along so well, I'm the same. I echoed with every single thing you said, right? Like the idea that the, you know, being yourself and not having to take the, the common way of doing things, right? Like I, I, like I, like I think the the fact that I grew up in three different continents before I was ten, kind of, kind of opened up my mind to the idea that there isn't just one way of doing stuff. And while I've led a very conventional life, right, pretty conventional life, it isn't because I've just blindly accepted what the path is supposed to be, right? It is. I have fence test everything, and whenever there was a crack in the fence, I got out. And the rest of the time, I was just like, oh, no, no, it's actually pretty good inside this fence, right? Like this, this works for me. But I, I, I just couldn't agree with you more. I think that you, you said that really, really well. Jen, before I ask you the last question, I'm going to link to jenniferfilson.com. I'm going to link to rockstarmarketing.com. Uh, I'm going to link to your book so that people can go get it. I, I just kind of want to give you an opportunity to, to promote whatever you want to promote, like send people to get your book or, 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 or wherever you want to send people, anything that you want to kind of really call out right, right now. Thank you. Thank you. You know, yeah, if you go to jenniferfilzen.com, that's a really great repository of everything that I'm doing. It shows what we are doing in the dance world because we have the West Coast Swing Dance Company. Clearly with COVID, we're not dancing with others right now. It's just me and my husband in our garage, but someday we'll all be able to dance together again. Cause that is, that is a big, huge community that I just love and adore. And I think that the world would be a better place if we all dance together. Right. Uh, I so, think the world's a better place if they get to see your videos on Facebook dancing. <laughs> I, I can't it's like, my, it's my favorite. When people ask me what content I'm in, I'm like, I'm into the Jen and Renee dance videos. <laughs> 
I'm so honored. You know, really, it's just about fitness and having fun because I've been working so hard, Pablo. I don't know about you, but like this year, I have, I am not joking. I am not exaggerating when I say I have worked two years in one year because I've had nothing else to do. So work, 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 work. And that bit of time, that half hour or 45 minutes that Renee and I get out in our, our garage dance studio, that is just pure joy. That's screwing around. That's having fun. It's trying to be the song. It's laughter. That is me shaking it all off because, you know, work is fun, especially when you love what you do, but, but dancing is what feeds my soul. And so I'm glad that you get some joy out of it because we have so much fun being clowns out there. Awesome. <laughs> all right, Jen, I, uh, I end all my interviews with the same question. Where do you find community? Dance, dance and dance. It's, it's, and, and, you know, it doesn't even have to be like, you don't have to be a fellow dancer to be part of my dance community. It's just, there's something about dance and, and, you know, if you compare me to a lot of champions, I'm nowhere close to a dance champion, but I love to make dancing accessible, Mm. which is why as a dance instructor, my gift is to work with beginning dancers and to show them the possibility of movement and flow and, and touching and connecting with another human being in a partner dance and not necessarily having to have marriage proposals or divorce papers involved with it. It's just a three-minute love affair. It's very innocent and sweet, and it's connecting with another individual. And then when the next song comes on, it's like, thank you, next. It's just this great way of, of touching and 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 being with a person for a song and it's i don't know when when this whole covid thing is over pablo i would be honored honored and over the moon to have you and marta like just dance with us we'd have so much fun (laughs) i'll show you the triple steps I'll show you all those things, but really our dance community, even though we have not been able to dance with each other for months, uh, we still connect every single week, just checking in. How are you? And these are my dearest, dearest friends. And they don't, they aren't necessarily in our community. They could be across. And I've discovered that through dance, I could be anywhere in the world. If I connect with another dancer, I have so much in common with them. And I'm often getting shown around their town. And, and when they come into our area, it's like, let's show you around. It's just this, it's this uh, family that you didn't know you had. So that's, that's our community. Love it. Jen, thank you. Like I, listen, I, from, I, it, it feels so weird to think of the moment when Greg was like, yeah, let's uh, bring Jen and Renee on. And I'm like, yeah, well, they sound interesting. Cool. You know, to, 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 to the moment that we met to how just you've gone above and beyond anything that I would ever expect for anybody to support me, to bring me close, to, to make me your friend and with Renee and, 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 and to be close. Like you really, you really exemplify all the things that I, that I stand for and that I admire, right? Like you're such a giver. You're so true to yourself. You are this like shining, radiating ball of energy and goodwill. And it's just awesome to 
be around your energy and to, and to be your friend and to, you know, the, the stuff that you told me when we went out, how you want to support me and all these things like it, it, it really, it really exemplifies the, the thing that I kind of espouse all the time of just like, you can never have enough cheerleaders, like a cheerleader in your life always shows up so well. And you're just this like really amazing, encouraging figure for me. And I just want to say thanks for, for being you and for setting this example and, and offering to mentor me and everything. This is, this has been awesome. I'm really, I'm really pumped that we've gotten this close this quickly. So thank you. Well, likewise. And, and to all of your viewers and listeners here on this, honestly, Pablo brings such golden nuggets and he has this fantastic way of extracting just these gems from everybody that he talks to. I hope you guys get to benefit. I hope you're inspired. And yeah. And also too, here's the thing. You, you asked for it earlier and I forgot to give it to you. Don't ever be shy about asking to connect because you may just uncover a, a, a unique, amazing friendship that you never would have known about. I mean, sometimes, I mean, isn't it cool how yeah. life just delivers things to you and you are such a treasure. I want you to succeed. I want to, I want to, I want to be able to clink champagne glasses with you in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And we're like, remember when, remember when, and you know what I mean? It's like that constant growth and, 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 and yeah. So everybody listening, you have a friend in me as well, please reach out. Don't be shy. You know, it's, it's so cool to know that the internet brings us together regardless of where we are in the world, regardless of our socioeconomic status, we can connect and lift each other up. And if that's what I can do for you, great. And then I know that someday this will all come back and we'll all be celebrating together. It's beautiful. So thank you for this opportunity. And thanks for letting me get to meet other people. It's so cool. Love it. Thank you. The key to building your relationship flywheel will rely in your ability to design and build your own stage where you can have conversations with people, getting to know them, understanding their value, and sharing it to the world. This is the service that I offer, and I offer it to $100 million companies where we're setting record-breaking sales goals with it. If you want to know more about that, go to connectwithpablo.com. If you're just an individual that wants to build it, subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to my email list on my website because coming soon is a community where I'm going to teach this to you personally. Go to connectwithpablo.com.